0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. My name is Kevin. If you don't know me, my wife and I, we lead the congregation here. And I want to welcome you to Kingdom Faith Church and welcome you. If it's your first time here, we are so glad that you are here with us. Um, Before I get carried away, I need to put some context around what I'm going to say. If you don't know, we started a new series last week uh, called Ephesians. We're looking at the book of Ephesians. uh, So uh, not a fancy title. It's just the name of the book. We're going through the book of Ephesians. And um, we had our first week last week. We looked at the first 14 verses of chapter 1. Can anyone at all remember anything we talked about last week? Anything we talked about mentioned from Ephesians 1, verse 1 to 14 last week? Anyone has any idea? Sorry? We are chosen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that good news or what? We are chosen. Thank you, Jesus. Anything else? For purpose, by His grace. Yes, we got the three points. You guys are awesome. Well done. We are chosen by grace for purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, we're going to keep going into, uh, into, the, into chapter one. We're going to finish chapter one today. Um, if you don't, actually, if you don't have, we made those little Ephesians notebooks. Uh, if you don't have a notebook, it's just enabling you to write stuff down as soon as God is saying it in the moment and have everything in one place. If you don't have a notebook this morning, can you raise your hand and we're going to get you notebooks. If you didn't get a notebook last week or you weren't around last week, there you go. It's going around you're going to get a nice notebook at the very front of the notebook there's the whole book of ephesians so you can read there as well or go back to it in your week Um, and then you have space to just write notes write what god is saying uh, because we're expecting god to speak to us right (laughs) that's how we live now Ephesians notebook, Ephesians series. You, you remembered stuff from last week. We're doing good, guys. We're doing good. Now, uh, just as a reminder of a bit of a background of Ephesus, uh, and where we stand in Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, uh, Paul showed up, uh, in Ephesus and, um, he met 12 believers there, uh, and he says to them, how do you know of the Holy Spirit, essentially? And they're like, Oh, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Okay, let me catch you up. And they go and they get uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and from there on, there's a movement really that grows through the place. Um, and, and, and Ephesus just witnesses a move of God's spirit a revival if you'd like the place is completely transformed as the church and the believers grow in numbers there and it says and that stands out to me so much that God's name was held in high honor in Ephesus what what a thing to say right like it's not can we say that of Burgess Hill you know what I mean like God's name was held in high honor there it's like there was such a transformation that took place that God's name was held in high honor there so Ephesus was doing well right it's a place that's thriving in that sense and that's the context in which Paul is writing this letter and we're going to pick up today from verse 15 and I'm going to read through the end of the chapter so if you want to follow along uh, Ephesians chapter 1. I was going to say Ephesus chapter 1. That's not what it is. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 23. Let's read together. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. For this reason, ever since I heard... I actually got to stop there before I go anywhere further. When Paul heard... Of the faith and love of the Ephesians, the people from Ephesus, um, he could do nothing else but give thanks for them. What a testimony that is! right? was two things where the evidence of the thriving community that was there in Ephesus. Their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all of God's people. Notice how it doesn't even say they, they, they love for God. It says no, they love for all of God's people. Somehow the evidence of them doing so well wasn't their love even for God but their love for his people. Of course they loved God, I'm sure. I can see God doing... the same thing in us you know as a leader i stand here and i see what god is doing through this community i can see god shaping us stretching our faith in him but also our love for one another right and and i want to take a minute right at the beginning of this message to dwell on what god has been doing for a minute i can Become so easily driven as a person sometimes, right? Onto the next thing. Oh, okay, this is done now. Onto the next thing. What are you doing, God? What's next? Where are we going? What are you doing? I can be so easily driven. We need to keep moving forward and that can steal sometimes the joy of the moment enjoying where we are now and as Paul was giving thanks for the Ephesians and I was reading this passage again and again this week as I was preparing and he's praying thank you Lord for these guys it got me thinking of what God has been doing in this community for the last four or five years and I'm so thankful I'm thankful for each of you I'm thankful for the part that you play in this this journey that we are on I thank you for how God has been leading us how far he has brought us because we are not where we were five years ago we might not be where we want to be we know this is not the end we are on a journey but we're not where we were and that's good news right God is doing something in us he's transforming you right on a personal level I can see that in many of your guys' lives and he's shaping us on a corporate level to reflect his love and glory and power making us a community that's deeply in love with him amen that puts him first, that has faith that can move mountains and love his people like Jesus did. And it's beautiful to see. So thank you. Thank you guys for being part of this. Thank you for being part of this journey, for allowing God to work through you and in you. It's beautiful to see. For allowing me and Sharon to disciple and lead as well. Like, I can't believe we get to do this for for all those things. And there are things where we're not there yet, where we're learning, where we get things wrong along the way. But we are learning together. And on this journey... We will see the greatness of our God, of our Lord. And I believe we're going to see one of the greatest move of the Spirit in this town and in this region. And that this earth has ever known. Amen. That's why we are here. And that's where we go in. So stick around. Hey, that's good news. We got good things coming. It's only going to get better and better. But in this moment, I'm enjoying how far we've come together. Just like Paul, I want to give thanks for each of you today. Anyway, that was a side but let's keep reading let's keep reading uh, our verses let's uh go back to so 16 I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Wow, (laughs) what a few verses. Now, this message this morning might go a bit against everything I just said or might feel like that because we're talking about we're going to talk about a few things but the emphasis the main point today is probably going to be something that none of us are fully experiencing in our lives at the moment and I, and I want to say that, that that's okay We it's, it's part of it and, and that can be unsettling right how do you reconcile being Christians but not experiencing everything the Christian life has to offer today this message is going to touch on a few things as I said but one of them is going to be the power that's mentioned in these verses is incomparably great power for us who believe it says incomparably great power wow that's something right now what is uh Paul saying in these few verses we've read he's praying essentially right we know that we've seen that he's praying uh one thing and applying it to three parts really Uh, he's praying that we may have it says the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incredibly great power for us who believe now before we get to the power uh, which you know we'll get to last Paul mentions two other things right the hope for which he has called you and the richness of his glorious inheritance but first he's saying that the spirit of revelation would be upon us so that we might know him better having the eyes of our heart enlightened so that we may know and, and I think he really wants us to know something here you get the point right uh, he wants us to know God better And and you have to realize that at the time the heart was not seen maybe as the as the heart that we know today, you know, Um, but but the heart was seen as the center of someone's being if that makes sense like it was who they were the heart was the the main thing so he is saying really that who you are would be would completely know that who you are that that this this knowledge that you would have he's praying right that you would have this knowledge this knowledge that who you would have would be at the core of who you are that it would be anchored in you that's what paul is praying here that this know here is not knowing as in theoretical knowledge like i know some stuff but this know here is a conscious experimental knowledge like you've experienced it right it's one thing to be told that oh this is the best pizza in the world right like it's one thing to know that and have another factory factory like yes there at that place is the best pizza in the world I know because people have told me but it's another to have tasted it right tasted that pizza the cheese the soft crust the sauce oh it's so good right it's another to have tasted it and be able to say I know I know for a fact that this is the best pizza in the world because I've tasted it and oh my goodness is so good right that is the knowledge that Paul is talking about here that we would know in our experience consciously know these things the hope his inheritance and the power Now notice as well, and this is so important, he's not praying that we would get the hope, right? He's not praying that we would get the inheritance or the power. He says no, as in he's saying you have the hope, you have this inheritance, you have the power, right? You are the heirs, you have the inheritance, you have the power of God, but you might not realize it fully yet. And so I want to pray that you would fully know what you already have and fully experience that in your life now. That's what Paul is praying. Amen? How cool is that? Anyway, first we're going to go through hope really quick. Uh, if you first, a few verses earlier, if some of you were there last week uh, in, the, in that section that we went through, the first part of chapter one, Paul actually already talks about that hope, right? About this hope. And, and again, it points to the fact that here he's not talking about whether we have it or not, but whether we experience it or not, whether we know it fully, understand it, grasp it, be amazed by it and live in the reality of that hope every day. And the English word for hope is an interesting one because it's kind of, Well, it's kind of weak, really. Uh, When you say hope in English, like, oh, I hope it's going to be sunny tomorrow. It has no certainty in that, right? You don't really know if it's going to be sunny tomorrow, especially in the UK. The app might say one thing, but then rain comes down and you're like, oh, okay, the app got it wrong again. Um, Uncertainty, right? It has no certainty in it. It's saying you don't really know. But the word hope here used in the Bible implies a certainty. Something you know will happen. It's a word that I think we don't really have in English, or at least I don't know it. But why is it so important to grasp that hope? Because a hope that is certain will be the fuel in the engine room of our heart that we need to keep moving forward, right? Tim Keller, if you know him, great guy, uh, gives a great example. He says this, Take two people doing the same boring job in two identical rooms. Everything is exactly the same, right? Picture this. Everything's exactly the same in two identical rooms. The temperature, the humidity, lightning, task. Day in, day out, everything is the same. They have the same routines. They eat the same food, do the same repetitive job. But tell one of them that at the end of the year, he will get 100 pounds. Tell the other, he'll get 1 billion pounds. The first will say, well, it's too hard. It's not even worth it. Why am I doing this? I give up. It's pointless. But the second one will say, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. Sometimes I just think about what it will mean for my family and the days just fly by. I can do this. It's important. It's an opportunity not to waste. The hope we have in Christ is a certain thing like you know what's on the other side you know what is coming it makes everything that comes before that worth it right the hope that through his sacrifice we were united with him that we can now live a brand new life that he will come again and that we will spend eternity with our lord and savior that is a hope right and that is never going to be changing And having that hope changes the way we live today. Because in a world filled with uncertainty, we live with the assurance of what's to come. And that's priceless. In a world filled with uncertainty, we live with the assurance of what's to come. Amen? That's the hope that we have. And that Paul is praying that we would realize we have. Now, the second one is the inheritance. Now, again, in last week's portion of the chapter... Paul already touches upon the inheritance. And our inheritance in God is huge, right? And and not only do we know of those things that are to come, but now we have been given a new life, right? Now we have a life free from the hold of sin, a life in which we can experience God in all its fullness every single day. That is part of our inheritance, to have complete access to God as sons and daughters, co-heir with Christ, but notice how it speaks of his inheritance. Now, this part has usually two interpretations. Either Paul is re emphasizing what he said earlier, so everything I've just said, our inheritance in God, who we are, what we have taken a hold of. Um, so, this re emphasizing, or it's talking about his inheritance right? His inheritance. And that's interesting because what is God's inheritance? We know what our inheritance is, but what is God's inheritance? Well, what are the words that follow in that verse? It says, in his holy people, meaning his inheritance would be us, right? His children, the ones he has saved and bought for himself, brought to himself as well. That is his inheritance. And in so we are his portion, Or inheritance in which we know that he's purchased by the blood of Christ. We are his portion. He will finally possess that fully throughout eternity. Actually, many Old Testament texts speak of that inheritance. They describe Israel as God's chosen portion or inheritance. Uh, Let's look quickly. Deuteronomy 32.9 says this. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance psalm thirty-three, twelve says this Blessed is the nation whose god is the lord the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance so can you see how his inheritance would be us his people and finally we come to the power and he mentions power as the third thing and then the last few verses are just describing that power all throughout what it means to have that power so it's kind of the emphasis for me at least of that portion of scripture and that's where I believe God really wants to do something this morning now again the scripture we just read they go in more detail about the power than anything else and and, and power can be a bit of that controversial subject in a way know, maybe that's the wrong word but Again, because we know in our heads, we have knowledge of God's power. We know of what God has done because we have the Bible. But it often doesn't, it's not compatible, if you like, with the experience we have had of it in our own lives, right? Very quickly, some of you might want to dismiss this bit altogether because you're like, oh, we've heard of that. But really, it's not for me or I haven't experienced that. It's just idealistic. It's theoretical. And I'm there with you sometimes. I'm like, I know that in my own life, I've just experienced but a glimpse of the power of God and that there's so much more to discover in that. But maybe that's what it is about, right? Paul says it himself in these few verses that we will come to know and experience, right, that power, implying that the Ephesians weren't fully there either and that perhaps neither was Paul, right? Uh, Philippians 3 another letter that Paul writes uh, he says this listen to this I want to know Christ this is Paul speaking right I want to know Christ yes to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering becoming like him in his death and attaining to the resurrection of the dead Not that I have already obtained all of this, see that, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of what, of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen? Can you see how Paul has this thing? I'm not fully there yet. But I'm on this journey and I'm moving forward and I'm going to outwork this until I fully know, not know here, but know here and experience the power of God in my life. Forgetting what is behind. And often with this sort of subject, it is what is behind that comes to the forefront of our mind and prevents anything from ever taking place. The disappointments, the whatever forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I pray that this morning somehow you would be able to park everything that is behind and hear God with a fresh heart, fresh eyes, fresh ears and what he's about to say. It doesn't, I'm, I'm not saying all of that didn't happen, right? It doesn't negate everything that happened but forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. So Paul himself, right? He's saying, I have not arrived, but I press on. And we know that there's a journey for us to be on here. But my prayer is really that we would take hold of that power in a greater way today, that we wouldn't just dismiss Paul's words. Now, how Paul describes this power is very interesting. Um, the word power... Um, in the Greek is the word dynamis and is the word from which we get the word in English dynamite right and, and dynamite makes you think right away of something explosive something big something instant and in my mind at least the first thing I go to when I hear these words is miracles right in a moment something was changed the power was released and 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 there's a transformation there taking place and and it's true The word power and dynamis is often associated with those miracles in the Bible. But Paul here takes it a step further, right? He doesn't simply use the word power or dynamis. He says this, his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength. And then he goes on. Can you see that? Incomparably, Ah, oh, this word is hard for me to say, but I'm, I'm going to keep trying, right? Incomparably great power. you think when it comes to God's power, it would be enough to just say power, right? He's God, he's almighty power, right? Nothing compares. But no, he's going and, and adding the emphasis, he adds on to that, incomparably great. That means there's nothing like it, right? The power of his mighty strength. Can you see how all of that adds up? He's like saying power, 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 more power. That that's essentially what he's saying in that. What a description! And 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 really, he's trying to emphasize how big, how great, how without comparison, this power is. There's nothing. That can compare to it. There's nothing that can come close to it. He's saying that the greater power, the greatest power ever released on earth wasn't an earthquake, wasn't a flood, wasn't a bomb or anything else. The greatest power unleashed on earth ever was God raising Jesus from the dead. That was power on display. Defeating death itself, Satan and all his armies. God raising Jesus from the dead Paul says, right, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority and he keeps going. Um, Stephen Cole, he's a Christian author, he puts it this way. Listen to this. The mightiest power ever unleashed on earth was when God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Satan and all of his evil forces were aligned in full battle forces when Jesus was laying in the tomb. If he could have kept Jesus from rising from the dead, Satan would have been triumphant. And so Paul piles up words to make the point that God's power in raising Jesus from the dead was the mightiest display of power ever known. Mightiest display of power ever ever known and now remember this Paul isn't saying and isn't praying God give them this great power right he's praying God let them see and know that this power is already in them if they believe in Jesus Jesus Do you understand this? Do you comprehend that all of this, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you acknowledge him as your Lord and savior, if you believe in his sacrifice and his forgiveness of your sins, then that power lives in you through his spirit. I mean, we should all be standing and screaming in my head, but that's okay. I'll be happy with the amen. Thank you, Jesus. That power is in us. What incredible news that is. Not only salvation was given to us freely by his grace, because we know that is something that we've been given freely by his grace, but when we decided, again, to place our faith, that power was also freely given, right? Through Jesus Christ. And what does Paul say as the reason to why we might be unaware of that power we have? Because the eyes of our hearts have not been opened. Because we do not know God in that way. Because it's about knowing God and having a revelation of what he has placed in us. And you might be sitting here wondering, okay, that's all great. But it's still a bit abstract, isn't it? What does that power look like in my life? What does that mean for me? I haven't maybe experienced all of this power. I've never seen someone raised from the dead. So I have to assume I'm no, you know, not experienced it fully. Let me suggest to you that If you've been, if you have given your life to Jesus, you've already experienced the fullness of that power in your life. At least once, right? Because at the point where you said yes to Jesus, do you realize, as we mentioned earlier, that it's in raising Jesus from the dead that God demonstrated such power. He defeated death, right? But it also means that the power of death has been broken for all of those who are in Christ. So in raising Jesus from the dead, he also did the same for you, defeated death for you. Actually, this is a bit longer quote, but I find it so beautifully put. John Piper says this when he he comments on this bit of scripture. He says this, oh, I got to hurry up Times fine. The point here is that the power of death is broken for all of those who are in Christ Jesus. The enemy death is defeated. For Paul, the death of Christ was the death of death. Oh yes, believers die, but the sting is removed. The poisonous event has become a pathway to paradise. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh death, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's quoting 1 Corinthians there. The power of God towards us now is this power. It raised us up spiritually from the dead and gave us life and faith. This power opened up our blind eyes and conquered our rebellious wills and created a new heart that loves God and loves people. And this power will guard us from the dominion of sin and bring us to the end in persevering faith. This is resurrection power now, to live and die for the glory of Christ. I mean, I couldn't have put it better, hands the quote. Um, the point is that you and I have experienced that power, the fullness of that power because of the new life we now have in Christ, right? He's taken the old away. He's brought in the new. No one else can do that. We couldn't have done that ourselves. We couldn't ever earn, have earned that in any way. It was freely given once we placed our faith in that moment. And, and, and guess what? That power is available to us all the time. It wasn't just at that point of giving our life to Jesus. In Ephesians, later on in the book, I'm cheating a little bit, it says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you realize what that means? That he can do so much more So much more than we can ask or imagine through us. It's not an abstract thing. It's through you. You are the vehicle, right? You are the chosen one. We've seen that last week. By grace, you've been chosen to have all of this inside of you so that through you, he could express that power on the earth. How amazing is that? Jesus said this. Remember this. He said this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Again, mind blowing stuff, really. We read it so casually, but it is mind blowing stuff. Now, how many of you know that Jesus always said the truth? Jesus wasn't a liar, right? So, why is he saying, very truly, I tell you? We know you're saying the truth. I think Jesus sometimes put that in front of a sentence where he knows this is going to be hard for you to get people. Like he knew to his disciples, look, look, you're not going to want to believe this. You There's something in you that's going to try to rationalize it and you're not going to, it's going to, not going to compute. I need you to rise above that because very truly I tell you, that you will do greater things still because I'm going to the Father. Do you see his point here? And he's saying that to us as well. Like you guys here in Burgess Hill. I know this is going to be hard to believe. But believe me, I know what I'm talking about. Very truly I tell you, you can do greater things than what I've been doing. Because of the power that is in you through my spirit. How do we apply even this power then? What does that look like, again, in our daily lives? And I could do a whole preach on authority, a whole preach on prayer, a whole preach on a lot of things. But when we pray, we exercise that power. That means that we have a decision to make whenever something comes up to either take it to the chin We'll actually rise above this and say no I have the power of Christ in me and that power is going to make a difference in this very situation right we can take everything that's going on in our region in our town as huh it is the way it is tough luck let's just live on right or we can say actually no hold on a minute hold on a minute God is in me through his spirit, the fullness of who he is. And if I declare something different, then that power goes to work in accordance with his will to release and transform and heal and bring breakthrough. And that changes everything. Job done, right? When we exercise that power, when we partner in prayer with God, and and, and let's not kid ourselves, right? We don't know much about life. Let's not go on and pray whatever. It's God's will, right, that we are praying through. So before you get ahead of yourself and pray that the town center would look different because it really sucks right now, uh, let's sit there and ask ourselves, God, what do you want me to pray? What are you saying over this situation? What are you saying over this person's life? What are you saying for my workplace? What are you saying for my family? What are you saying? Once you get it, release it and have no doubt about it, that power is in you. Something's going to change. Something's going to change because if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell to that mountain move and what? It will move right it's not maybe it's not if it's not it will move right um we're running out of time but who cares Acts 12 right let's read this together because it's a I I love a story more than the abstract concepts I love a good story let's read this Peter's in prison right Peter's in prison and the church is praying for him let's find out what happens Acts 12 verse 5 if you want to get there otherwise it's on the screen so Peter was kept in prison But the church was earnestly praying to God for him, right? Earnestly praying to God. So they're exercising that power. In that moment, they're praying, God, be with Peter. God, free Peter. God, we need Peter so we can go on with your purpose, right? The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. This is setting you up to say, you're not going to believe what's going to happen, right? He's sitting there, chained up, guard, guard, people, 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 people just outside the door, right? He's not going to get out, right? Naturally, rationally, it's not going to happen. And again, we can naturally rationalize a lot of things, right? And say, it's not going to happen. It's just that too big. Ah, I don't know if I really believe that. Let's see what happens, right? Bound with two chains, sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, I love those suddenly's because the, God serve, comes suddenly and changes everything. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. So Peter was chilling, right? He doesn't know they're earnestly praying over there. He's just chilling. He's like, ah, I'm in prison. Woke him up. He's awake. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Well, that's one thing, right? Chains are off. Good job. Then the angel said to him, put your clothes on and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told them. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that was the angel, he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. I would think the same. They passed the first and second guards, right? So picture, they just passed them, right? Passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. Iron gates suddenly it opens up by itself and they went through it I mean we read this stuff do you realize what's taking place they went through it and they had walked the length of one street suddenly the angel left him then Peter came to himself and he said well now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angels and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen Now listen to this. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. Why do they always have two names? I don't know. Also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying, right? We're back to the beginning. They're earnestly praying and they're praying. Peter knocks at the entrance. He knocks at the door. And a servant named Rhoda comes to answer the door. When she recognizes Peter's voice, Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. She doesn't even open the door. Hey, it's Peter. Runs. Peter's at the door. Peter's at the door. What do they say? You're out of your mind. You, you've, you've, that's not Peter. Impossible. He's in prison. That's not Peter. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. It can't be Peter. It can't be. I realized that Peter's still standing at the door at that point, right? He's just chilling, like, okay, when is this going to open? But Peter kept on knocking. Guys, guys. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. What a story. Now, that's, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that's experiencing power right there, right? From Peter's side or the people praying side. Right? Because often we pray not for ourselves, but for others, right? We're standing in the gap for other things to change. And so there's the other side of the coin where they experience the power, unaware of what has been going on in the background and the hours sown in prayer for that breakthrough to happen. But we both experience the power because we are very happy there was a breakthrough there, right? But these guys were astonished. Funny how that happens. For the believers, they prayed earnestly. Day and night, they were praying for Peter, Peter, Peter. But they all see it unfold and then they're like, wait, it can't happen. It can't That can't be possible. He can't be free. God, free Peter. God, we need. He's at the door. No. Mm. No, he's not at the door. That's not possible. Can, can you see the irony in that? And sometimes we are like that, right? We can be like that where we're praying for something, trying to believe for something. And then, and then we're like, why is it really going to happen? I don't really know. And then when it does, we're even denying it, right? Astonished that people even, Peter even showed up, not believing it. So when we pray, let's not kid ourselves, right? Let's believe that something is going to happen because it is. The word of God says so that's all we need right? Let's experience that power in our lives. It says this in Psalm 34 verse 7, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their trouble. Again, it doesn't say if or if I feel like it. No, he delivers them. Another verse says this, James 5:16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When you pray, there is power release. When you partner with God, there is power release. It's effective. It's not a waste of time. Anytime you take a minute to be with God and pray and come in tune with what His Spirit is saying and releasing it, it is never a waste of time. And we need to be reminded of that sometimes. Let's not be surprised by the power of God at work in and through our lives. Thank you, Gabe, for that. Now, after a message like this, I don't think we can go on without making space for God to work, right? Toby, can you come come up? Is that right? It'd be so stupid to say all of this and then just say amen and go home. I I can't be saying all of this and believe in all of this can happen and see and believe that this power is going to be working if then I don't give space for the power to work, right? So we're going to take a few minutes before we finish. And yes, we are likely to go over time and I'm not going to apologize for it because I believe that God's doing something right now. We're going to stand here, Sharon, myself, or Sabrina, whoever's not taking care of baby, Karen, Marcel. they're part of the leadership team. We're going to stand here and we're going to pray right? If you have anything in your life you need prayer for, if you have anything that you know of someone that needs prayer for, we want to agree with you in prayer. We want to believe for a breakthrough together, right? We want to believe that we're going to see that power at work. It says when two or three come and agree in his name, it shall be done. It's that easy. Sometimes we overcomplicate things. I love a theological debate, but this is all very simple, right? This is all very, God, what are you saying? Okay, let's release it. Let's believe it is going to happen. Let's see it happen. Let's rejoice and thank God, give him the glory. It is simple, right? And in this simplicity, we're going to see some things move this morning, right? Don't be shy. Don't be thinking, I don't want to get up and stand here. I would come to you, but I don't know who needs prayer. Probably everybody, to be honest. But just come up. In all honesty, say what you want prayer for. And let's believe that stuff's going to happen, amen? Now, I need to say this and maybe it doesn't concern anyone in the room but I've been challenged by God about speaking things into being and seeing more than what's physically here. This isn't going to make sense to you probably but I'm going to say this if you haven't given your life to Jesus this morning and you're hearing about this inheritance hope and power that God has made available to us and there's something burning inside of you come and we'll pray with you. Come and we'll pray. We'll agree together. We'll walk you through everything. And we'll believe that he will do the same that he has done for Jesus. God has made it all very easy. It's all freely given. The requirement is faith. Faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus and his sacrifice as the son of God. And if you're here and... There is nothing coming to your head. You, you, you don't feel like this pressing need to come forward. That's okay. But don't just sit there passively. Be praying like Paul did. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.